Movie Sucktastic is a podcast about bad movies and the people that love them. But it's more than just a podcast. It's an, also an online presence. If you want to know more about Movie Sucktastic or want to become a part of Movie Sucktastic, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter, at Movie Sucktastic. You can find our blog at boothreviews.blogspot.com. Or if you want to give your own reviews that we might use on the show, you can go to reviews.moviesucktastic.com and check out our, our own little lunch.com community for Movie Sucktastic. Check us out and become a part of the show because the only thing more fun than a bad movie is sharing it. Well, that didn't go well. (laughs) That went horribly wrong, actually. Oh, my God. You know what? I'm not even going to say, hey, let's start over. Uh... Nah, I'm not going to do that. No. No. I'm confused. Well, what happened is I forgot to reload up the whole intro and the, and the you know, all, I forgot to do that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I did. So, it's a lot of dead air right now. What, we're live? Uh, no, we're totally live. Oh, because I didn't hear the theme music or anything. Uh, it, it's coming. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Much better. There is a balance oh, yes, of course. the universe. It ain't happening here. struggle to maintain that universe balance is, against is the me. stuff of legends. For there can be no good without evil, no love without hate. No Mac without PC. Life needs death. Innocence feeds lust. There can be no heaven without hell. No light without me. I am darkness. Not even Tim Curry. That was horrible. Horrible, horrible. (laughs) Yes, uh, I already apologize if you can't hear the opening audio. We'll explain. (laughs) But here's our intro anyway. You're listening to Movie Sucktastic.
You can all go fuck yourselves. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Fucking thing sucks. Right, Joey? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh dear lord. <laughs> God damn it, man. So, uh, welcome to Movie Sucktastic, everybody. Yeah, whatever. Mm. <laughs> Off to a stellar start. I don't give a shit. Stella. Oh, stop. Stella! After what you made me sit through, we better be doing the show. Uh, we're doing it. Don't worry. Yeah. So yeah, well, uh, welcome to Movie Sucktastic. This is episode uh, 200 and... Uh, 21. Yes. Yeah, baby. And... and um... Oh, and don't worry. We're doing the show. You got nothing to worry about. <laughs> I hope so. N- nothing to worry talking. about. We're only like 50 minutes late. We actually would probably be wrapping up right now because... Yeah, we're... yeah. Technically, we'd be done by now if it wasn't for Joey. What? Uh, so... Hey! <laughs> oh, we can comp- we can we we can blame Microsoft for this one. I I'm sure we can. I have not touched this computer in probably a week. Uh, the last you... the last time was probably last Thursday when we recorded last week's episode. You sound like every third support call I get. I didn't change anything. You know goddamn well I didn't touch anything. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, don't fuck we, with me. This episode, we are reviewing the Ridley Scott 1985 uh, Slugfest 86. Legend. 86. What? IMDb says 85. IMDb is wrong. Okay. It came out. It came out April of 1986 theatrically. Well, here's the thing. If you look in the bottom or the top right hand, it does say it was released April of 1990 uh, of 1986, but uh-huh. it was but it was released in France in 1985. And IMDb has this weird thing where it'll take the year of wherever it was released theatrically first. Well, that makes sense. Because then it's a 1985 film. Yeah, technically, sure. I, I don't yeah. know why it, Te- it, it actually... Technically isn't... Actually. Yeah, okay. Uh, I actually don't know why it came out in so many countries in 1985. It came out in France, Sweden, Finland, Netherlands, Denmark, Germany, UK, Portugal, Spain. In 1985. All of those countries. Then came out in 1986 everywhere else. Including the U.S., mm-hmm. it's one of the. It didn't actually hit Denmark. Oh no, that's a, for a film festival. Uh, it didn't hit Turkey until 1987. Well, Turkey always gets that stuff late. <laughs> yeah, uh, Japan got it late too, and, and you think that they would have been one of the first places to go. Right. So we're talking about the uh, the 1985-86, whatever you want to call it, legend starring Tom Cruise, yes. uh, the chick from Ferris Bueller, Mia Sarah, and. And Frank and Furter. So hot. So hot. Want, really? Want to touch the high knee. Really? <laughs> no. Okay. No, she's she's pretty, but uh, uh, that that's, that's where I'd go with it. Um, Look at you. What are you, Donald Trump? 
You're gonna call her Miss Miss Housekeeping. <laughs> She's a pig, I tell you, yeah, a that's, pig. That's a later. That's another show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, so you maybe watch this. I have not watched this movie since since the eighties. Uh, 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 I actually have seen it recently. Um, well, me too. Now. Well, no, I mean before I challenged it to you, it was it uh-huh. was a show. It was a movie that I that I, I like this movie. I, I like it a lot. Uh, I like and... the I like the director's cut a lot more. Um, but yeah, can, uh, now director's cut. Can you tell me why in this like period of Ridley Scott's life he couldn't make a film without making eight goddamn fucking versions of it? Yeah, that was kind of his thing. Between uh, the yeah, Blade that's Runner, that's just like being a bad filmmaker. <laughs> Here's the problem, and this Ridley is ac- this is actually yes, this is actually well documented that Ridley Scott for probably the last three or four decades has shot his movies on multiple camera angles, multiple, at least four different cameras going all at one time. Uh-huh. That is his style of directing. And then at the end, he cuts his film to his liking. Well, movies like this, he did the same thing and has so much raw footage that that's why when you look at the, the uh, director's cut to uh, theatrical comparisons, it actually shows a lot. It's like different angle used here. It's like, what? Now, <laughs> different that, angle used there- here? Now, and when we talk about the theatrical versus the director's cut, yeah. um, before the special edition director's cut came out, you would normally compare the American version to the European version. Correct, yes. those two had major differences as well. The director's cut is close to the European version, but with some changes. Because he's nothing if never consistent. Right, Um and the changes are, some are subtle, some of well, them are more dialogue, uh, edited. Like in the director's cut, uh, some of the dialogue scenes are actually cut short. You know, and, and some of the scenes are actually extended. Like uh, they'll show an extra shot of the Dark Lord, or they'll show an extra shot of, of gum. You know, well, things like that. And then there's whole scenes just in the uh, American version. Yeah. Or just in the and there's different dialogue too. Yeah, it is because in the in the different. director's cut or European version, uh, um, Lily is a princess, but in the American version, she's just a, a lady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do mention uh, more than a few times in the director's cut that she's a princess and that her father, it, the king, would not have. Would he approve of what you're doing right now? And she's like, "Well, what and, does he doesn't know won't hurt him." Like they go into it, they they talk about it. Yeah, but even I mean, and then there are, there, I mean, we're not, we haven't talked about the film yet, but there are differences between. And I watched both versions because I'm I'm a glutton for punishment. Yeah, I've seen and both I watched, versions. I watched the director's cut first. That's a good choice. I, I guess yeah, because I had a little bit more respect for the film before I went to the theatrical cut. Um, <laughs> But there's even scenes cut out or things changed that don't make it's like not, for no reason other than you know they give somebody you know give some fanboy like something to jerk off to while reading Video Watchdog. <laughs> You're talking you know? about uh, the director's yeah, just... cut in comparison to the theatrical. The 
the fanboy well, the fanboy I mean, jerk off. You're talking about the director's cut. Well, no, well, no. What I'm saying is, in, back then in 19, like in the 90s, I'm talking about Video Watchdog oh. with articles about uh, comparisons between the European version, the American version, and the French letterbox version, which fixed some issues just by letterboxing it. <laughs> uh, and not to jump well, way. Well, no, came out in France first. Well, yeah, not 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 yeah. to jump way 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 too ahead. The the scene with Meg, the um, the swamp mm-hmm. queen. Uh, right. That whole scene is extended. Uh huh. And it was cut way short for the theatrical. I mean, we're talking maybe a minute, thirty seconds to a minute, and that it, it might be cut, too long. Well, here, all right. It, it we got to go through the basic plot of the film. Sure. Uh, I'll let you take the lead on that. Sure. All right. So the story is Lily. Who, and like Scott said in the theatrical, she's just Lily the Lady, and the director's cut, she's a princess. Well, her suitor, Tom Cruise, who was uh, Jack the. Um, Not her suitor in the director's cut. Uh, well, she does say that whoever finds this ring, can, she would right. marry. Let's clarify in the director's cut, she's fond of him. In the American cut, she's banging him. <laughs> yeah, this, this is very true. Uh, that is the because, big difference because between Americans the two. are pigs. <laughs> well, and you, this is how we appeal you, to pigs. You would think that that would be the polar opposite. That in the European cut, it would be like, yeah, she's totally fucking the shit out of them. And the American cut, it'd be more uh, prudish. Yeah, no. you would think. No. But you, yeah, you think if you if you actually if, if we actually you know did what we, anyway. Go ahead. Uh, anyway, he's a he's a child of the forest. He knows it like the back of his hand. So. He wants to show her something special, and it just happens. I think he was abandoned in the forest and raised by frogs. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Explain um, why he keeps crouching like that. <laughs> Either that, or he's about to take a dump. Who knows? I kept waiting. Yeah, I bet you were. Uh, so <laughs> he tells her that he wants to show her the unicorn, something he's been promising to do for a very long time. Well, what happens is he does show her the unicorns. She has this this uh, certainty she that touches, she can she touch touches them. The, she touches the unicorn, which is verboten, and it distracts the unicorn so that uh, Frank and Furter's uh, goblins can... Uh, Bix, the goblin. Bix can poison it and cut off its horn. Right. Thus killing the male. The power. Right. Yeah. Thus kill, well, he's ordered to actually kill both unicorns because the Dark Lord wants night to rule, and if both unicorns die, the sun will never set or will never uh, come up again it'll it'll be one last dawn for and then forever in darkness right. so she touched and his whole thing the dark lord is that go kill the unicorns he tells bix that and bix says well where do i go he goes innocence follow innocence and it will lead you right to the unicorns which is so exactly bix what is- he does so Bix knows. Hey, look up that princess chick, the one that's banging the frog boy. I know. Sh- I know she's innocent. And uh, honestly, in reality, he's the innocent, not her. Bix. Oh, you mean no, Jack? No. Jack? Yes. Tom. Jack. Yes. Yeah. Jack is the true innocent of the film. Right. She is not yeah, the she, true innocent. Yeah. She's totally. I think four. that's that's totally. I mean, and that's that's something that you get more from the the European version because it's for a more sophisticated audience that understands nuance. Right. Uh, anyway, so anyway, Bix actually uh, poisons the one unicorn, the male, takes his horn, kills him, but doesn't kill the other unicorn. 
course, Big D, as he's referred to in the film uh, later on. Once. Which Once. is a good scene. It's a good scene. It's a good scene. Yeah. Uh, well, I said he was referred to later in the film. I didn't say he was referred to several I'm sorry, times. but I was saying it once. It's not yeah. like he's... I said he's... Re okay. I'm not going to split hairs. I was clarifying. I wasn't arguing. Okay. Uh, Go and, on. And then uh, she is kidnapped, brought to the Dark Lord. Jack goes in to save her and the well, unicorn and to make sure that the darkness doesn't rule. Right. Now, there's there is the split, too. Uh, yeah, um, he sends them back for the unicorn. They grab her as well. And then Tim, uh, Dark, the Lord of Darkness is like, I, I really like her, Dad. I mean, Dad, I really like her. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, he hasn't been this close to a girl in a long time. So, in the <laughs> European version... Jack gets together with the wood nymphs and decides, hey, we have we have to stop this and save the world and, you know, save the unicorn. In the American version, Jack and the wood nymphs decide, I need to save L L Lily. <laughs> See, now, yeah, and, and, it, and, and it comes down to, like, which is more important? Obviously, everything but Lily. Well, it, and that's the difference. That's one of them. And that's what the editing down to the American version does. And not even down. Like, they change the ending. But in the American version, they turn it into a love story. Where the whole saving the world thing is kind of like a side quest. And in the European cut, or the director's cut, it's just the opposite. The whole thing is to save the world. And then on the the lateral story is this relationship between Jack and her, and and you know them coming to uh, to trust each other beyond infatuation, and, and more into like actual uh, knowing one another and trusting one another. Sure, That's which is a major at the end. plot point right, right at the end of the film. Yeah, exactly. I, I wouldn't call it. A yeah, yeah, you're right. Kind of, no, kind it, of set up at the it's, beginning. Yeah, yeah, it's set up, and uh, because she asks, in the, like the scene that's right. actually on now, she asks him if he trusts her, and it's like that's your set point, and mm -hmm. it carries itself he, all the way to the end. Yeah, I mean, less so in the American version because that here, I mean, there's there's little funny things they did in the American version that just fucks everything up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just as an example. When he gets the idea to do the mummy light thing to bring light to darkness right. in the kitchen. Kitchen set, by the way, best fucking set in the whole film. It's a great set. Great set. Uh, underlines a point I'm going to make later. And here's a question for you. Why in the American version do we start out with the Lord of Darkness in the fucking kitchen? <laughs> I don't know. Why is he hanging out in the kitchen, and why are his nails glowing all of a sudden? I, when did that start? The the director's cut that it opens up in like this deep dark forest, much better. Well, the director's cut shows the castle. The American shut shows the castle as Bix comes upon it and looks at it like he's seen it for the first time. Ah, so what the fuck is this? <laughs> American cut. I mean, the European cut, uh, director's cut, just. Um, it, it, it shows the outside of the castle. Then it does like an in shot and doesn't show him. 
it basically the, the the director's cut doesn't reveal him until he comes through the mirror to Lily. Right. The first time she sees him is the first time we see him. Which is in the American the cut, they're like, yeah, we got to show them now, otherwise they're going to be bitching in half an hour. Yeah, and yeah, and, and you know what? Share. The better cut is absolutely him being revealed like an hour in. Oh yeah. Oh no, there's nothing about between the two of them. There's nothing, nothing that I would say is, is superior in the. Uh, American cut, including the Tangerine Dream soundtrack. <laughs> which, I'm sorry, I like Tangerine Dream. This sounded like someone was just like just tuning up their accordion or uh, synthesizer for an hour and a half. Yeah. It, it, it was it's, it's just fucking... It's amazing how music can completely change your viewpoint, even of a film. Yeah, well, I, I, they know it's a. I mean, it's it's obviously a huge deal, and the wrong directors. And uh, I, I don't know how much of it. Obviously, that that's more of an Ameri- uh, like a studio decision, most likely. Where, yeah, we need we need something more, you know, hopping. And I don't know how much of the changes you want to blame on Ridley Scott, but since he also has five versions of the goddamn Blade Runner, I'm going to put part of the blame on him, not making up his his mind. Yeah, and you know, it's, maybe have a plan going forward. Well, the thing is, it's probably this is probably such a better cut uh, years later. Because when did the Blu-ray director's cut come out? It was like oh. about seven years ago. Yeah, within the last Some, 10 years. something like that. Him being older and a more experienced filmmaker. I know you you're rolling your I eyes. Guess. I see you're doing that I, with your head. I'm it allowed. Probably <laughs> makes a better director's cut. Uh, it probably allows him to choose better music, better yeah. angles, better uh, you know, uh, better cuts to the film. But, uh, but here's my question: as well, how how is that different than Lucas, like adding shit later to his film? I think adding stuff and using what you did thirty years ago is a big difference. I, but, but is it? Because it is. again, no, like you said, really... he's a different person. Uh, yeah. He's a different person. Is how many years later? It's a different vision. Lucas he, has uh, different skill set. Has publicly shat all over his stuff by adding in brand new stuff where yeah. he uses the excuse, "Well, if well, I could do this thirty years ago, I would have done it." So I'm doing it now because he, I have the technology. Whereas Ridley Scott is. Yeah, give me the six hours of uh, of legend that I have, and I'm gonna make the best cut that I can because I have a better eye for it now. He he, he now obviously it's, it's different. Lucas is you. an extreme example. He is, but but here's my point: if you did if you didn't make the best possible film you could have, then it was it there. Something, but it was on. it was there though. Hold on. All right. If you didn't have the best finished product then, and it wasn't an extreme situation like uh, Brazil, where the studio was basically taking the film away from you because you wouldn't remove 10 minutes of it, uh, and it's just you doing different things to it in different... And that you can't even get the same cut in, in the three different releases out there at the time, then... How is it? How how is it like? How is it the the pure version? If you do it twenty years later, and just reshuffle the footage, that's all I'm saying. No, I, I, I no, I know what you're I, saying. 
But it's like if, if like oh you know what if I'd done it now I would have like done this differently and stuff like re- restoring the soundtrack that's something different. The studio tells you you need to use Tangerine Dream. You got to use Tangerine fucking Dream. Europeans don't mind. You keep it there. I get that. But this the, the director's cut doesn't even match the European cut. And so I I, I just I'm saying the director's cut's a good cut. Yeah. But I, I don't know if you can call it the original cut because it's not. It is because because none of no, nothing he tried to do back then equals that cut. I agreed. No, I agreed to an extent. Yeah. I, I, that's all. I, I'm nitpicking, obviously. I'm just a nitpicking. little bit as, as like a film purist. It was like, great. It's a great version of the film. But I wouldn't say, oh, I, I went back and did what I wanted to do. No, you didn't. You did what you couldn't do. There's a little bit of difference. It's filmed. It's there. He just he just did it now uh, or right. whatever. How many years ago? You're, 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 it's, it's not 100% equal. But here's an example. You don't have authors going back and rewriting their books. Well, no. Sometimes see, that, you'll, see, that would sometimes that, you'll, well, that would be new content. Are you talking new content, or are you talking about well, pages that they've ripped out that they now want to put back? Well, no, no. Well, it, it, well they don't rip pages out. Yeah, but like, look at the, the stand for Stephen <laughs> King's The Stand. He released the unedited version, or the version before his editors got to it and said, "Hey, you can't release a two thousand page book," and they put all the shit back in. That's they restored it to the original draft before the editors had him take it apart. That's a rare exception. But you don't often see writers go back and say, hey, yeah, I was going to do this, but the, the, the editors told me I wanted I had to cut this down and this, but I want to do it differently. So I'm going to – with Stephen King aside, because he is – again, he's like the extreme example. You don't have authors doing that. They don't it, – it's not really as accepted as – well, you know, the words were there. I just didn't use them the right way. I, I, I just feel I like I don't know. there's a – I'm just saying there's two kinds of director's cuts. There's the kind where they wouldn't release the film the way I wanted it. This is the way I wanted it. That's it. With Ridley Scott, with this, I get a different vibe of, oh, you know, if I knew what the fuck I was doing back then, maybe I would have stopped making four films at once and just did this. <laughs> uh, That's I, all I'm saying. I, I don't That's agree with that entirely, but I do agree to it to an extent. Uh, at this point, he was <laughs> Ridley I, Scott was already an experienced filmmaker. Uh, he might have not in no, known exactly what he wanted when he was making this, and he just shot it from so, so many different <laughs> angles, like he always does. How experienced of a filmmaker was Ridley Scott when he made this film? He was easily 15 years in to his filmmaking career at this point. It, was he? As a director? Sure. Didn't What was his first film? 70? I, um, I was looking at it earlier because I was curious myself about this. By the way, this jackhole has 47 films in development, supposedly. According to IMDb. Jesus Christ. So... Well, yeah, again, I mean, I mean, if he's a producer, I, 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 if he's a producer, I can see how that would be correct. Yeah, um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't he was, he did some TV stuff in the the sixties, right? Um, and then he made his first movie, The Duelist, in nineteen seventy seven. Right. So we got The Duelists, so Alien, he, Blade Runner, then Legend. That's four films, two of which he had to make four versions of each. <laughs> yeah. So he had experience. He did. He did have experience under his belt. You know, he had some, some movie, I- some TV, and some movie. A, I mean, this is the beginning of his career, basically. Yeah. As much as as much everybody loves just just creaming over Blade Runner, 
which I'm not a huge fan of. I like Blade Runner. <laughs> I know you do. But, but uh, I mean, big budget films, that's all he's done, really. Oh, and let me tell you something. Um, nowadays, he doesn't make a movie for less than like $100 million. I know, and look what you get for it. Yeah. I mean, every once in a while, he'll do a movie like Matchstick Men, which cost almost nothing. Which is probably the last film we did I liked. I like Matchstick Men. That's what I'm saying. It's probably the last film no, we did I, I, I like. No, I like The Martian. I thought he did a really good job with The Martian. It, you know, The Martian is like... It, it, it's one of those films where you watch it like, yeah, this is entertaining. This is good. It's oh, kind of good. Um, and then what... Um, yeah. What about the the film The Counselor? I heard that was an underrated film. I haven't seen it yet. The the the, oh, the McCarthy uh, novel, or no? It's not actually. He wrote that right for the screen, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a Cormac McCarthy, and I've heard, I've heard a lot of things about it being brilliant and being passed up everybody because no one understands it. And any of if that's true, it's all on the writer. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> okay. Because I can't, I can't think of uh, you know. No, the Martian. I mean, we, we reviewed the Martian for the for the Oscars, and I wasn't harsh on it. But it's a fluff film. It really is. Yeah, I. It's it's the it's I the pseudoscience has been torn apart by every geek with a YouTube account, and and you know it's 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 beautifully shot. You know, you, you put enough money into it and just and you get enough talent behind it. That's great. But there's nothing exceptional to it. Uh, I mean, that that again that that on that basic concept of yeah, we have to get them back. <laughs> you know, we saw that Apollo thirteen. You know. Um. Now, real quick, two things. One is no, take your time. Movie related. The other is uh, later related. Are, well, it was are, movie are, related. No, no, no. Are we going to announce the horror films that we're going to talk about next week? Um, I thought we'd be a surprise for next week. Yeah. Are we going to tell each other? Or are we just going to come to the table with them for next week's episode? I thought we'd just come to the table with them because we we, we, we have a lot in common with that stuff. Now, and I, I figure these are films. Should... These are films that because uh, I have two movies that I or three movie two movies that I've never seen and one that I've seen that uh, it reminded me of Legend. Even though I know we're not doing that, but it is a horror film. I, I think between the two of us, if we bring two films each. We'll at least have one film the other hasn't, other has seen. We can talk about together, and then we can. I don't mind talking about a film that I haven't seen that you have, and vice versa. Cool. I, I think that's All right. So then good. we'll we'll wait till next week then. Yes, yeah, it's gonna be a surprise. Good, good. Week one of of Horrorfestathon. <laughs> uh, I, I haven't come up with a name. You know what's funny? Somebody. Uh, we've been getting a lot of uh, video comments. Um, not have all, we? Not all bad either. Oh, you mean comments on our YouTube videos? On our YouTube videos. The ones I thought that... mean, like, like people video themselves say, you guys suck! Uh, <laughs> we, do get, we do get that sometimes. And usually it's, would you please shut up and so we can hear the movie? It's like, wow, you're like, no. fucking dumb. Oh, fuck Tr you. Trump supporter. Uh, anyway, um, we, we got one recently. Uh, someone just posted, and they just posted MST3000. And I was like... I made that web page or that YouTube page that you made me change that was MST3000. Uh-huh. Well, I just thought that was that was kind of cool and neato. Yeah. 
You made me change yeah. it because you're like, oh, the, the lawsuits are going to rain down upon us. And I'm like, they're, they're <laughs> it's not fair. I don't want to, you know. Well, it, it's a coincidence really that our initials are MST. Pure <laughs> coincidence. It, it it really is. I mean, when we yeah. brought up the name of the, sh- of the show, we didn't think that. But no. when I was coming up with YouTube channels, I'm like, ooh, maybe if it was MST3000, we would get a lot more people coming <laughs> and viewing. And you're like, no, yeah, we can't do and that. And they'd hate us. <laughs> Why don't you guys shut up so we can hear the video? It's like, oh, that again. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, we need to talk about Tim Curry. What about? How good he is in this. Oh, yeah, well, it's Tim Curry. I mean, like Frank Langella in Masters of the Universe, which we reviewed last week, mm-hmm. uh, Tim Curry, like Frank Langella, is brilliant in this film. And Rob, oh, yeah. Rob Botton... Who was the who was the lead makeup designer uh, for this movie? He's one of the old pros. Yeah. Oh man, I mean, if 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 you haven't, if you're a new listener or you're a new uh, new viewer of anything horror if and sci-fi, you just crawled out under a fucking rock. Well, we could have someone listening that's maybe 15 years old. That's you know never heard of this shit. You have to understand, we are older. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, and uh, Mr. Wilson just had a birthday. Happy birthday, good sir. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, but, like, The Thing, this film, Rob Botton is a is a makeup genius. He is always undervalued and always underlooked at because Rick Baker, also talented, Hollywood's, you know, they love him. So he, yeah. Rob Botton was uh, looked over a lot in his career because of Rick Baker. Yeah, uh, Botton is is just as, if not equally, if not more so, talented. Uh, at uh, he's he's comparable to Baker, easily comparable to Baker. Well, this movie is a perfect example of that. I mean, yeah. the, the Meg, the uh, the swamp princess, or uh, whatever you want to call her. Uh-huh. That scene alone. Now they should have been just throwing Oscars yeah. at him. Now that's when they're in the swamp, and this big witch comes out. The swamp witch. That's, right. Yes. Now, here's one of the big examples of how they fucked up the film in the American version. Yeah, that scene was cut so short. But specifically, like you now, you just say it's cut short. It was well, cut the short. Dialogue is bad too. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, the, it was cut short so that in the American version, because the whole thing with the American version is they made Jack the hero instead of the reluctant hero or the newbie. Right. So they cut things specific way, and there's different dialogue. So it's so instead of him saying we have to save the world, is we have to go find Lily, and then it's his voice that says we have to go to the castle or you know wherever to get them. It's him directing and not Gump. You know he's not following these people; he's leading them in the American version. And it's a perfect example. If you watch the director's cut, then you watch the theatrical release. In the theatrical release, they cut it. So they they sh- they lose all the parts where he's fumbling for the sword and dropping it in the water and right. unsure of himself and he's trying to and and it's like it's a longer scene because it's building up this whole idea of I don't know if I can do this and it ruins it too because after at, what they leave in there is after he cuts her head off he says I did it and you're like of course you did why why was it because we lost all that part of him not being sure that he could do it so right. not only does it like remove that that feeling of the moment. 
it confuses the audience because you have no idea why the hell he'd be so surprised because you weren't surprised because you haven't seen the full scene. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because and, like, and let me tell you something. Anyone, uh, my 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 nephew's ex girlfriend was getting into uh, uh, makeup artistry, and she was going to school for that. And she said, "Show me anything cool, and it could anything from the '80s." Because she's a huge fan of of makeup uh, from the '80s. I showed her that scene, and it was like, "This is all you need to know." I, I showed her the thing. I showed her that. I showed her a couple other films, but that scene. Uh, from Legend with the Swamp Witch. That is like, if you're interested in this shit, this right here is where you need to be. And it was, she was mesmerized by it. It was, it was awesome. But, uh, and, 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 and I showed her the director's cut because it's the longer cut. It's such a great scene, too. It, it is. It just it's 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 so sad that in the theatrical it's cut so short and the dialogue is cut in a certain way and it it's just it's just not very good. I think the first time that I watched the extended scene of that was at your house or your your apartment. Back when you lived that could in be. when you lived over near Lawrence Harbor or Cliff, okay. Cliffwood wherever Lake, that is. Wherever that is. <laughs> Um, but I'm pretty yeah, sure that's the first time I ever saw the extended scene. It was like a laserdisc rip, I think you had of it. Uh, could have been that, or um, that was that. It might, was that before the director's two disc set came out? That was before the director's cut. We were able to get our hands, or you oh, were, probably, on the extended I, cut of the film or the U European cut. And yeah. you know, I had seen the movie a hundred times, but I had never seen the extended version of that scene. So I'm almost positive I watched it at your apartment. When, that was back before DVDs were a, a main big thing, and yeah, and you still had people trading videotapes online. Yeah, that's where I would get that stuff, or conventions occasionally. Yep. Yeah, the good old days. The good old days, man. The cool stuff you could trade for at, at conventions and the scary stuff you could trade for. <sighs> I was at the Jacob Javits Center not that long ago. I don't. It looks different. <laughs> it feels different. <laughs> Ay, ay, ay. Uh, but anyway, Tim Curry, Rob Botton did such an amazing job on Tim Curry. Because uh, you know how sometimes, like, say Ron Perlman from Beauty and the Beast, the TV show. You could tell mm -hmm. Ron Perlman's under that because he's got that kind of, you know, like kind of monkeyish, roundish face like that. You could just, <laughs> yeah. you could tell. But Rob Botton did such an amazing job with Tim Curry. There is not one facial feature that he makes where you're like, "Yep, oh, that's Tim Curry." It's that good. It's that fucking good. You don't even Tim Curry's voice, which they synthesized. You could tell that it's Tim Curry's voice a little bit, but there's certain uh, inflections he has. Like when he talks to Lily, he says, "I want you to talk to me," or "I want to talk yeah. to you." You could say that's that's fucking Rocky Horror right there. Uh, that's he, he, you know, that's Rocky Horror right there. Um, things like that, and I, I think I think the director's cut has the far better sequence at the table. Like, sit, sit down. I'd rather stand. It's like sit <laughs> or stand. <laughs> play it cool. Play play cool, darkness. Play it cool. <laughs> yeah, because Bixie's telling he her, he's so like, you need hard. you need to woo her, because you know he's he's just a man of action. 
He's just like, uh, yeah, you're going to bend over wherever I tell you to, and that's what's going down. <laughs> that's what he's used to. Oh, it's funny. So I start watching it. I actually got Holly to watch part of the film with me. She refused the first couple of times. Really? Yeah. Refused? Well, here's the, here's the best part. Like, we're watching it. It's, it's not even, like, five minutes into the film. It's like, yeah, so, and then it, like, doesn't, like, he gets with that other guy who's a, who was a dwarf. It's like, no, he's not a dwarf. He's an elf. Yeah, he's an elf. So no, he's a dwarf. He's been in, he's did interviews and stuff. No, it's a dwarf. It's not it's, it's not a dwarf. It's an elf. He's not a, no, it's a little kid. Said so, no, it's a dwarf. So, I'm telling you, it's not. <laughs> so, maybe another five minutes later, say, so, isn't there a baby involved in this? It's like, <laughs> oh, you're thinking of Willow. <laughs> He's like, oh. oh yeah, that's right, Willow. This isn't oh, that. Oh shit, no. that's Lucas's pile of crap that uh, Ron Howard directed. <laughs> and then, and, then I, I, and then I don't know if she's fucking with me or not. Because then, like a few minutes later, she says, "When does David Bowie show up?" So now I know you're fucking with me. <laughs> I know you know that's Labyrinth. It's like, oh, Labyrinth is that the one? So I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. <laughs> Should have those papers ready to go at any moment. And, and if she hadn't been sitting there, I wouldn't have realized that this is this film was made before Tom Cruise had his teeth fixed. Thank you. Holly. Yeah, they. Uh, what's interesting about that is they've had uh, pictures of Tom Cruise even later years, like where they show that you know the two, the two front teeth, they're pushed over so much that the one tooth is, like, lined up with the middle of his nose. He has he has one tooth in the center, yeah. 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 That's fucking crazy. That's, dude, it's crazy. Yeah. And I well, can't, I, now that I, good, you know, even you now. You get a good look at his teeth in Legend, and you can see why they had to move shit around. <laughs> they really had to move shit around. He was, like, adult yeah. braces and everything. <laughs> sure. Uh, you know, it was one of those times where it's like, I see someone with adult braces and I'm like, do you really need those? It's like, no, this guy, he needed them big time. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you actually look at Tom Cruise in, um, the outsiders, there's a part in that film where he like smiles very quickly. His teeth are really fucked up, mm -hmm. really fucked up. Yeah. So he's Be had nice. some work done when he did this and he had to have some shifting done later <laughs> there's pictures of him where it shows like a graph you know like on his face like show where everything I've lines up yeah yeah that's nuts probably you the biggest movie star in uh in history <laughs> he's got a tooth in the middle <laughs> you know what's nuts what's nuts is is that the witch meg Mucklebones? Mucklebones. That, he, that he did beheads that's the guy from like deep space nine Oh, that guy. We talked about him. Wasn't he also in um, no, Rotor? Is it that guy? In what? Rotor. Like, Rotor. he was the one guy from Rotor that has done, like, so many different appearances uh, uh, in, like, mostly sci-fi and special effects, but he's, like, got, like, 200 movies under his belt. Is it that guy? I don't think that's the same guy. What, what year was Rotor again? 87. Uh, no. Different person we're talking about. Let me see who you're talking about then. This, this guy is, uh, Robert Picardo. Robert You'll Picardo. recognize him when you see him. Here we go. Meg Mucklebones. 
Yeah, he he was like the the. Oh, that guy. Yeah, he was like a, was he a hologram? Um, or something like that, or a robot? That, he was no, he was like a. He was, uh, he was he slept in a bucket. I remember he slept in a bucket. I didn't watch the show. I was around people that watched it, and that's even worse. Yeah. So I know I'm I'm almost positive he slept in a bucket. That's all I know about the character. What's that one movie that I know him from, where he he was just like like a caricature of himself or something? The fuck was it? I have to take a look at his resume. Good luck. He was in the Good Burbs. In he was Joe the Garbage Man number two. That's who I that, I remember him from that. In where, what? He was the one of the garbage men where... Uh, in what? In the burbs. Oh, okay. I didn't hear that part. I did say it. Um, I, didn't hear, I, I didn't say you didn't say it. Where Bruce, I said I didn't where Bruce Dern it. goes out, he's got a half you know, face full of shaving cream, and they're, ripped, they're like in the garbage truck, and he's throwing it out, and uh, what's his face? Um, uh, Miller. He's, uh, he's like, who's going to pick up all this garbage? <laughs> and, and Bruce Dern tells him, he says, well, you are, because you're the garbage man. And then the guy next to him, who starts reciting some, like, law, he's like, yeah, according to blah, 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 he's correct. Once it hits the curb, it's public property. That's him. <laughs> he was also in Loverboy. That's who it is. He was in Loverboy. Oh, he was Dr. Right, he was Reed Palmer. Husbands. He was the doctor, yeah. Reed Palmer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's he was one of the husbands. I love you. And he was the voice of Johnny Cab in Total Recall. Oh. He was in uh, Gremlins 2. Oh, man. Yeah, he's been in, like, everything. I remember from Gremlins 2, yeah. Uh, but No, but anyway, I, I just think it's weird that that's him as the witch. So that's, that's kind of That cool. is weird that, yeah, you, I couldn't even yeah. fucking tell. I mean, but, but telling you, now, bear with me um, on this. I have okay. a theory. Oh boy, and it's not it doesn't it's not good for James Cameron. Uh, so, well, that's good because James Cameron didn't direct this. You, you know what I mean, uh, Ridley you, Scott. You did guy. this when you wrote yeah. your review for well, Avatar. One, you one said Ridley alien, Scott, and the other guy did Aliens, and they both make overblown sci-fi bullshit now. So it's it gets a little confusing. It really okay? it really doesn't. And All right, that is stop. the the only qualm. Uh, well, not the only qualm. I shouldn't even that, say. Well, I don't have a qualm. Excuse, that's the excuse they used. No. To, what what to I'm saying is, insults. when you wrote when you wrote the article about Avatar sucking, and you said Ridley Scott, and they all jumped on your throat. I didn't even say it sucked in that one. I was being nice in that review. Yeah. That was that was before all these fucking ass. Well, you got to remember, now. all these Trump supporters are just looking for any little thing. Ah, oh, anyway. And if you get the director wrong, your your point All becomes right. invalid, even though that's not the case. If I may regroup. Yes, please. From from what I've read, the whole idea is that Ridley Scott said he wanted to make a fantasy, but he wanted to do one original. He didn't want to he he didn't want to base it off of something else because it's harder to fit the vision, the form, blah blah blah. Probably just couldn't find anything that he wanted, so he had to write something new. Uh, find somebody who was actually working on a screenplay. Uh, they get together, and by the time he finishes Blade Runner, like they're already got the project in mind. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just from the several scenes in this film that I can point out to you, I'm convinced he made this film because of Time Bandits. 
<laughs> no other reason. I'm dead serious. Time Bandits came out what? Nine eighty one. When did Blade Runner? When, when did Blade Runner wrap? Eighty like two. Eighty one. Well, Blade Runner came out in eighty two, so it was probably done filming in eighty one. Yeah. And and Time Bandits came out in eighty one. That yes. Yeah. So the time's perfect there, and you tell me there's not similarities between this and Time Bandits. The shooting of the power with the unicorn uh, unicorn horn as opposed to uh, the dark guy in the castle. Oh, darkness in a castle. Shooting things with his hand. Uh, the little midgets. He's got fucking dwarves in his film, too. It, it's too coincidental. <laughs> the whole journey thing. It's, it's basically time bandits without the time travel. And That's not a bad theory. That's not a bad theory. I, I don't think so at all. I'm, I'm serious about it. I think... I mean, Time Bandits really shook things up. I mean, that was a very popular film of the time. And sure. Terry Gilliam on a shoestring budget. Then you got Mr. Blade Runner here. It's like, what's, what, what's he going to do after a sci-fi film? I might as well do fantasy. <laughs> and and what what else does he have to go off of by that? In the same course, I think Willow was, a re, was, was, the, was the studio slowly trying to do what they thought Legend should have been. And failing miserably at that. Yeah, that came out in 88, I believe. Yeah. I mean, honestly, tell me. Because did Legend do well? I don't... Uh, well, according to the numbers, um, my, I knew you had it. one of my all-time favorite websites, I always mention that, uh, for the year 1986, uh, came out April 18th, 1986. According to the numbers, it had a budget of $25 million, making it one of the most expensive films that year. No shit. Uh, I mean, as far as Ridley Scott goes. Well, yeah, Ridley Scott is always giving. He's always given a lot of money, and now that yeah. The Martian made like four or five hundred million worldwide, that's not going to stop anytime soon. Wonderful. Um, so it cost twenty five million, but only made fifteen um, domestically. Now it doesn't say anything about international numbers. I can't find that anywhere. So it didn't do well. It did not do well. All right. Time Bandits did well. Um, I'll pull that up. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure because that was a low budget film, and that was the, the big talk when it came out. At least as a kid, I remember it being big. It may, may not serve reality any any better. Time Bandits, uh, forty two million it made. But you know what, IMDb, you know what IMDb should do? It should just steal info from the numbers. Uh, seriously, I mean I'm serious because it doesn't have anything for the budget. But I guarantee you. That I'll go, here, let's go to 1981, and I guarantee you the numbers is going to have the budget of Time Bandits, which it came out November of 1981. Alright, let's do this. November 1981, Time Bandits. Oh, it must have came out at a different time in the U.S. That's the other thing that the numbers does. If the film... If the film came out, in the, even though it says 1981, that's what IMDb says. Um, let's see. Uh, Time Bandits. That came out in the U.S. November 1981. Well, how come it's not listed here? Ha! Well, oh, it, duh, because I'm still in 1982. Uh, Christ. Come on! It was it go. was not a I huge budget. 12, no one's 12, ever handed 12 Terry million. Gilliam twelve million. Oh, 
Five, I, I'm seeing five million. Well, the number says twelve, and I'm wondering if that includes prints and advertising. That that'd be a lot of prints and advertising for 1981. According, yeah. According to Wikipedia, the budget was five million. And according and box to the, according to the numbers, million. it says twelve. Yeah, screw them. Um, what? Either, well, either way, five or twelve, it was a huge hit. Yes. Now tell me this, off the top of your head. Mm-hmm. Time Bandits counts as a fantasy film. We're agreed, right? It's not sci-fi. Correct. Even though there's time travel involved, it's essentially a fantasy film. Absolutely fantasy. All right. Tell me another mainstream fantasy film post-Time Bandits. So we're not going back to, like, uh, um, Ray Harryhausen stuff. Tell me a post-Time Bandits fantasy film that did well. Uh, How far ahead do we go? Uh, as far as you want, give me one. Well, fantasy. I, I would consider Lord of the Rings to be fantasy. Well, all right, there you go. So, Lord of the Rings. Anything before that? I mean, barring um, kids' films, because I don't think either of those were really kids' films. Legend definitely was not a kids' film. No, I wouldn't show. Time my ki- I, sh- I wouldn't show. Time Bandits was popular with kids, but I wouldn't call Time Bandits a kids' film at all. No, I wouldn't show my kids Time Bandits either. I think there's no. I think I could show them a lot of that movie, but I think there are definitely scenes that I'd regret because they would keep me awake because they'd be coming into my room telling me they're scared. Now, was Hook a, a success? Because maybe Hook would count. I don't think Hook did well though, did it? Hook, Hook, it made a hundred million. I know this off the top of my head. Don't ask me why. Uh, Hook made a hundred million domestically. I don't know what it did. In the foreign market, what was the budget? The budget, if I remember correctly, was about the same. I, I want to say it broke even domestically. Maybe now Jumanji, I can that might count because I think that did very well. Jumanji did okay. Yeah, but and, but again, that, that was kind of geared okay, to the kids. Se- uh, Seventy million. Uh, Seventy million for Hook. Made 119 million domestically. It made 181 million foreign. So it made 300 million worldwide. Right. Which. But so, but what, what I'm getting at is, I, I feel like it was it's like okay, Time Bandits did well, fantasy. I'm doing a fantasy film now, and I do it like this with midgets and and shooting things, and goodness and evil, and so of course, he fucked that up. <laughs> but I mean, how how. I don't think it's a strong market in this country. It's really not. It it's the gotten only, a little yeah. stronger since Lord of the Rings, but it's actually starting to go down again. Yeah, well, because well, honestly, even even as a Terry, uh, when I was still a um, Peter Jackson fan during the Lord of the Rings, even by the third one, I was like, yeah, okay, I'll see it in the theater, but I, I can't even tell. I can't even remember the whole third one. I was just like numb at that point. I'm yeah. like, oh, all right, more CGI. It's like, the one with the now three, there's a ghost army. The three endings. Yeah, like, now there's a ghost ending. A ghost army. What the fuck's up with that? Yeah. That's like cheating. That's like, isn't that like cheating? It's a ghost army. Yeah, we can't hit them. Oh, well, I guess we lost. Yeah. And then like they're throwing <laughs> Again, giant boulders. All, and, it's all in the book, so I can't fault them for just following the book. I can. <laughs> <laughs> But, but you know what I'm saying? Like even by the by the end of that, even I was like tapped out. It's like oh, yeah, I think even Tolkien fans were like, yeah, no, we were good with the first two, we're fine. So that's why when he does the Hobbit ones, then it's like oh, who gives a shit? Yeah. But like now, the, I mean now you, 
now you can't make that it's like well did it do well because they always do well because they again it's built in they spend 200 million dollars on a movie no matter what happens they're going to get their investment back from everything else and like you you can look at your foreign domestic add it all together it's like hey look we made money right you know so i don't know how well the hobbit films did because just be, you know theater doesn't matter anymore one of my favorite things to look at is the movies that come out in january there's some doozies in January of 86, the year that uh, Legend came out. Oh, Mo- which ones? Movies like the the animated film GoBots, War of the Worlds, or like what I like to call the Transformers ripoff cartoon. Yeah. The GoBots were the toy and the cartoon that when, you, when it came on and you got that toy, you were disappointed because it wasn't Transformers. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking like... GoBots. Uh, out of bounds with uh, mom and dad swung by the dollar store this Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> uh, out of bounds with Anthony Michael Hall. Ooh, let's, yeah, that was his his big shot. Let's it's get just... Harry. Let's get Harry. That's the one with Mark Harmon. That's the one that has an Alan Smithy uh, attachment. The director said the movie was taken away from him, so he did an Alan Smithy on it. It was a cinem- it was a Cinemax special because oh yeah you almost you almost challenged me to that I once. did almost challenge it one time yeah okay how you talking about now uh, Black Moon Rising ah Clan that's the car right that's the one with the car with the uh, Tommy Lee Jones and uh, yeah. what's her face from Terminator uh, Linda Hamilton that was like his his um his uh, Blue Thunder yep <laughs> yeah uh, Clan of the Cave Bear. Iron Eagle. Uh, That's the one with um, uh, what's her face, Daryl Hannah. Yeah, you know Holly's read all all that entire series of books. There's like five in the series. What? What? Yeah, yeah. Apparently, this woman had, like invented civilization. <laughs> she was telling me about it. She's going through it. It's like, yeah, in this one she invented uh, irrigation uh, and uh, flamethrowers, and it's like just down the list. She's just like this superwoman. That everything she touches, she's like Morgan Freeman in Robin in uh, Robin Hood. <laughs> Morgan Freeman, right? I, did I fuck that up? No, you're you're yeah, the one with Kevin Costner. Yeah, yeah, I, I, it's Morgan well, Morgan or, Freeman. Or he keeps showing. I was like, yeah, here's what we invented. It's like, what the hell is this? Yeah. Oh, look, a telescope. What? <laughs> no, fuck did that come from? She's she's the prehistoric version of him. Yeah, she's he just like, pulls out a crystal she, ball and then wraps it in something, and now he can yeah, see far she, away. She invents, like, horseback riding. It's, like, ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know this animal will let you sit on it? Well, you don't know until you try. Uh, Iron Eagle? Troll? Iron Eagle was a January release? Uh, yes. Yes, it was. Wow. Uh, May twenty four million though. That was a that was that was the big hit. There's always one hit in January. Uh, that was the big so, that was the big hit. Yeah, there's always one that they threw in there that they beats the odds. It's like, yeah, no, no, we're actually a good film. And this is a like, mo- like like um Taken. Uh, yeah, the, yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. Although Down and Out in Beverly Hills, the film with Richard Dreyfuss and Nick Nolte. Yes. Sixty two million, came out January thirty first. That edge, yeah. But the thing is, even though that's an edge, back then, if it came out in January, it was considered shit. That's just how Hollywood perceived January. It's a little, I'm it's st- a little different now, but not a lot different. But it is a little different now. I'm still convinced that film made as much money as it did because people just didn't understand what they were going to see. Uh, yeah, probably. 
But no, I mean, if you watch the trailer to that, like now, uh-huh. and then you watch the film, you're like, I, I was not expecting that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so Legend the first was... Time I, I think the first time I had that experience as a kid is I, I remember seeing the trailers for Stoker Ace. <laughs> and then we watched Stoker Ace, and it was like, this is not the movie I was told. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is not the Stoker Ace I expected to see. Clan of the Cave Bear cost fifteen million. Nine and a half weeks cost eighteen million. Legend cost twenty five million. So so far, that's the most expensive film going into April. Uh, oh God, Legal Eagles cost forty million dollars to make. Holt, you're shitting me. How the fuck does that movie cost that much in nineteen eighty six? How much did they pay Robert Redford? You could, yeah, right. You can make that movie for a, a fucking five dollars today. Robert Redford and those CGI rats. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Add that together, and that's like twenty million right there. Big Trouble in Little China, twenty-five million. Holy shit! The movie Pirates. The movie Pirates. Walter Matthau Pirates. Forty yeah. million dollars. Well, because he got it, boats. It, it made one point six million. Poor Polanski. Um, Howard the Duck. No, fuck. No, no, no. Fuck Polanski. I'm joking. What are you talking I'm about? joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I really meant that. Uh, <laughs> come on. Howard the Duck cost thirty million. Oh. Shanghai Surprise, seventeen million. Playing What's for that? keeps, romantic the romantic comedy. Playing for keeps, Shanghai surprise. Um, oh, is that that? I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's the. It's, was that was Mel Gibson in that? No, I'm thinking somebody else. Oh, um, Madonna. Yeah, it was Madonna and Sean Penn. It's like an Indiana Jones era type film. Is that what it is? Yeah, I just looked it up. I knew I recognized the name. It's like an Indiana Jones type thing. H. Oh, it's H A I. Okay. Let's see. Shanghai Surprise, 1986. I think yeah. you're right. Yes. God. I told you. I own this movie. <laughs> or, I, I'd like that. to say my parents own this movie. And what, what's the other one that you just said after that? Um. Oh, uh, yeah, romantic comedy. The movie Playing for Keeps, forty million dollars. Thirty-five million. Sorry. How is that Actors. movie? How does that movie cost thirty-five million? You know what? It's because they have an A-list actor and they're paying them like ten million to star in it. Because because if they don't have the A-list actor, no one sees the film. That's how it goes. You know, they end up paying so paying so yeah, much. Yeah, but Star Trek four, twenty-four million. So everyone took a cut on that. There's there's a paint, uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, Little Shop of Horrors, thirty million. Sometimes people do take cuts. Maybe they were getting paid on the back end because they knew that was going to make a few hundred million worldwide. Some I don't even recognize playing for keeps. Oh really? I and I is I recognize that, the uh, name. Is that Rob Lowe? What is that Rob Lowe? Uh, no, um... God, they remade that movie. Either that or the movie with Gerard Butler has just the same name. I think it's just the same name. I, I can't see this being, uh... Fuck. 
You know you're in trouble when you check out the Wikipedia for a movie, and on the right, instead of a movie poster, it shows the soundtrack. So, oh, one of those. Is that Marissa Torme? Oh, my God. The directors are Bob and Harvey Weinstein. And that is Marissa Torme. Torme, yes. Oh, my God. Tracy. Jimmy Bio. Is Jimmy Bio related to Scott Bio? Yes, he is. Bayo. He's the cousin of Scott Bio. 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 Yeah. yeah, he doesn't deserve his name pronounced correctly. <laughs> Oh my God! So Marissa Tomei was only twenty-two years old when she did that. Jesus Christ! That makes Marissa Marissa Tomei anyway, fifty-two my, years my old. My point is, my point is, Legend is a ripoff of Time Bandits. That's all I'm saying. That's not a bad assumption, Matthew Penn. I mean, oh God! Even down to like the, the like the, the odd-shaped helmet that the one dwarf is wearing, and. Uh, like that, the whole kitchen scene, which is probably the most gruesome scene of the film, because he's hacking a live human on the table. Uh, that whole set screams Terry Gilliam. Yeah, it really does. I mean, uh, if it was a bit more surreal, that's yeah. it. But I mean, I, I just I, I don't give I don't give. Really, Scott, enough credit. Credit that's like, oh yeah, I just wanted to do a fantasy. Yeah, because you were so deep in the fantasy before that, and after that. I mean, after Legend and Blade Runner, like everything, almost everything else he did involves like uh, military or something like something of that nature. I just, he's just an action director. Pretty much. And every now, and then much. he tries to do Prometheus. Everybody's like, what the fuck was that? Oh my god. Livestream is telling me that the app is going well over 80% CPU usage. <laughs> Uh-oh, we should wrap up. Why would Livestream do that to me? Why does Livestream hate me so much? So so we have Legend at uh, I, I, um, 6.5 on IMDb. What would you like to give Legend? Uh, well, I would imagine we'd give the director's cut and the theatrical different uh, scores. Uh, we don't have that option, so we'll have to combine them. I am very partial to the movie. I think I could go seven on this, but I could be talked into a six. Just telling you now. Uh, the fact that he can't get his fucking shit together to make one movie instead of three, I think he deserves a six. Uh, well, and I would say I, the know, fact that the director's cut is so superior to the theatrical and because it's footage that he's already filmed and it's not anything he did new... Seven. I'll go with that, but you have to hear me out on one thing. <laughs> okay. At the end of the American version, yeah, when they have like in instead of it just being "Hey, we saved the world, let's go away," we have to show them running in like the fields again. <laughs> if you look carefully, you can tell that this was a last-minute change because you know the one shot where. Tom Cruise kisses her and then lays her down in the field. Yeah. It's shot in reverse. Oh, I never noticed that. If you watch if you watch her hand, it it doesn't look like it, but when you if you watch her one hand on like his arm, the way it moves, like yeah, it's reverse. Hmm. That's a good catch. Yeah. So I was like, uh, yeah, they had to piece this shit together. <laughs> and that's why the director's cut is so superior, because I, he I'll, had so much I'll extra give you footage. A, you know, I'll give you a seven, just because it, it's 
you know, it's not Prometheus. Oh, boy. You're cutting up bad. We need to end this shit. So. Seven. I gave you a seven. Okay, great. All right, let's go ahead and end the show before uh, my computer crashes. Because live stream can suck a dick. So, obviously, it's that has not fixed it even though i i installed the latest driver for the webcam which live stream keeps crashing the computer with so i, I think I blame you. so i think next week if i have the time because we had so many sound issues tonight to start the show i'm going to use mm-hmm. ustream it's been a okay. year i imagine that there's even a better version of ustream than the one that i was testing last year so possible all right all right no that's not the one <laughs> That's the one. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Uh, episode 221 of Movie Sucktastic, where we reviewed Legend, the Ridley Scott uh, director's cut. Uh, you can go to our website at moviesucktastic.com. You can download all the shows there, or you can listen to the shows there as well. If you want, we highly recommend you tune in every Thursday at 8 o'clock and watch the show live with us. Um, because that's pretty much the only way you get to see the motherfucking video, because YouTube, they're a bunch of cunts. Um, you can go to iTunes, and you can download the show there, or you can listen to it as well. If you do go there, make sure you leave us a review. We always appreciate it. Uh, you can go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash moviesucktastic. Just about everything that we do gets posted there. Everything from trailers to film theories to whatever, which I did watch those two film theories you recommended. Brilliant. The Blair Witch and The Matrix. They were really good. Highly recommend you go out and watch those. Uh, You want to leave us voicemail, you can at 908-514-4470. If you want to leave us email, the address is themovieguys at moviesucktastic.com. If you want, you can also download the free app for your phone or your tablet or whatever you're using Android-wise. Uh, for Movie Sucktastic. It's 100% free, and everything I said is in there. You can also do a Google, or, I'm sorry, you can do a browser. No, sorry. Again, you can do a search engine search for Movie Sucktastic. Holy shit, I'm tired. Scott likes Google. Uh. Google it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And you can find us that way. Uh, So that's it. That's it. That does it. Do you have any words of wisdom, Mr. Wilson? We're all animals, milady. I was gonna, I was hoping you were gonna go with. You don't know me, my now boy. <laughs> I like that. Oh, one. mother night, fold your dark arms about me. <laughs> all right, everybody. We'll talk to you next week when we Bye. do our Halloween horror fest kicks off. It's gonna be nice. Scary, sucktastic. That's right. We'll talk to you later. Bye bye. Don't you yawn. Oh, sorry. <laughs>